Hi, welcome to the third episode of the RyeCast. This is Anthony Fabrizio. I'm here with Kevin Murphy. And today we're talking to Joel Edminster from the English department, from my department. Um, so a little bit about Joel. He's been a teacher here at Rye High School since 1998. He made the move across the country. He's originally from California. Uh, and we know him best uh, as our AP Lit teacher. He teaches modern Gothic Lit, which is our Stephen King class. Uh, and he's probably the most prolific reader that I know. Uh, I don't think anybody reads as much as Joel does. Um, and so we know all these things about Joel. Um, and today we're going to try, Kevin, to get to know him, not as Mr. Edminster. We want to know what's up with Joel. That's a good way to, to kind of like lead into it. And it's perfect. Uh, so, Joel, what we always tend to do is we try to talk about like first kind of how you got here. So, like, really, what made you go into teaching to start? Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll, we'll progress forward. So let, let's just hop right in. And, and what made you want to become a teacher? Yeah, uh, probably started with my decision to join the Peace Corps out of college. Um, well, maybe even before then, I was a geography major in college. And I remember a specific moment in my life where I decided to become an English person uh, in terms of, you know, the discipline. Uh, and so I got my master's in English and teaching wasn't on my radar at all then. But uh, once I got my master's, I was kind of in a fluxy period in my life and I decided to join the Peace Corps. And I was um, going to be on the basis of having worked on a dairy in my hometown in Central California, which is very agricultural. Um, I was accepted into the Peace Corps um, as an apicurist, which is a uh, beekeeper. And I was going to go to Honduras because I had some Spanish-speaking background. Had you kept bees before? No, I worked on a dairy. That's <laughs> why so I was uh, kind of wondering. I was Sixteen if the, for one summer, if and the there bees was, kept wasn't the cows a bee company. anywhere near it. Yeah. So why so, did they decide on a beekeeper? Yeah, well, because they needed a beekeeper job in Honduras, <laughs> and it, apparently it, it was there. And I was like, "Yes, I'll do it." So. Um, about eight weeks before, so I, I went through the whole program, you know, the whole process of applying, and I was, I, was, I was going to Honduras, for sure. About eight weeks, no, it had to have been less than that, but before I was, uh, you know, it was really, really permanent, they said, actually, Kenya has an opening for a, a teacher, and you're more qualified to be a teacher than a beekeeper, so <laughs> would that appeal? And, and, and I had to think a little bit, but the... the the fact that it was on the opposite end of the world than where I was was appealing to me. I, I needed a change. Not that anything terrible was happening or anything, but I was like, okay, fine, whatever you guys say, I'll do. Um, so I went to uh, Kenya and I was a teacher. I was an English teacher. So that's where it all got started. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, actually. <laughs> that's really cool. I mean, I could keep going about the Peace Corps experience, but um, I did that for two years. Uh -huh. And then, uh, and uh, that's how I met my wife. She was also a Peace Corps volunteer. That's what I'm thinking is like, thank God you went to Kenya and not Honduras. Well, I didn't know that part well, of the story. Yeah, that would have been a different, different life. It would have been a different meta. Incredibly uh, different Parallel life. world for me, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, so she was also, you know, she's from here. That's why I'm here now, uh -huh. basically. But we both lived in San Francisco through the 90s after we got back from Peace Corps. Uh-huh. And um, she got a job at a school 
whereas I got a job at a park, uh, a national park. The national park in San Francisco is the Golden Gate National Recreation Area, where mm -hmm. the, the Golden Gate Bridge uh, is and where the um, Muir Woods just across the the gate um, into uh, Marin County. Anyway, I worked for the National Park Service as a park ranger in training. So I was gonna be a ranger, uh, which appealed to me. But then it's a pretty intense kind of process and there's very few openings. Mm -hmm. And then my wife's school needed another teacher. So I was like, boom. So um, my wife and I taught at this, this kind of alternative high school for like five years in the, uh, during the 90s. Um, and then I got a job at a more normal school, like a public school in mm -hmm. a public school system. And then we realized we wanted to move out here. So that's kind of, and then I interviewed at Rye, flew out here to interview and then took the job in 98. Stop. It was a leave replacement actually too. Oh, so, I don't think I knew that part. Yep. That's a big jump for a leave replacement, but yeah, well, but Carrie's family's you know? here, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and she got a job at in Westport at Staples High School. Yeah, so, so it, it's it's always like it's always interesting, like hearing the the background behind all of it. Like I, I didn't know the Peace Corps or anything like that at all. Like we we only know each other through like basketball and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's always like really cool to find out these like small details. Sure. Yeah. Um. So what made you go geography first, though? I, oh, I wrote yeah. down. That. Uh, probably because my father was uh, into geography. He was, uh, and my sister um, got a BS in geography. Mine was a BA. I don't know. I've always been interested in the world and travel and stuff. But I, I got the more, you know, domesticated version of geography, the less scientific kind of major, mm -hmm. which was easier for me. But I, I kind of attribute it to not knowing anything else to do. Mm -hmm sort of not being very aware of where I wanted to go. And so it was just kind of a thing that interested me. I don't know. Do you think your interest in geography is kind of what made you go towards the Peace Corps yes, to start? Yes, I do. Yeah. All right, yeah. And I've always liked to, to read and, and, you know, write, but I really made a kind of like concerted effort, like I said, to, to mm -hmm. become more of a reader and a writer. And that, that was the impetus to, to get the master's in English. I got my master's in English lit, okay. not in like teaching, which a lot of teachers do, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you actually, you don't have any head degrees. No, I do not. Yeah. And that was another awesome coup <laughs> benefit of joining the Peace Corps. So the Peace Corps, it depends on which country you're going to, but in Kenya where I went, there were three um, jobs. One was teaching, one was being a small business advisor, and those were like business majors and econ majors and stuff. And then there was a third sector, which were, um, what do they call themselves? I can't recall, but it's mostly like carpenters and like work with your hands and help people with projects and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, and so each of those three kind of components had their own training. Mm -hmm. And the Peace Corps training for being a teacher it turned out that California recognized it as an actual program, mm -hmm. an, an ed program. And then California and New York have reciprocity yeah, and nice. boom. But it, it was so much just like kicking back. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it was, a, it, was a, it was a legit woman who was doing the training, but it was like, it was a new world and it was so fun. And you know what I mean? It wasn't the drudgery of going to some crappy 
ed school and you know slogging through all the classes and all that you know what i mean nice. so that was an awesome you know uh unforeseen benefit of joining the peace corps not you know i didn't know i was going to be a teacher after that but the writing starting started to be on the wall a little bit you know because i taught high school english there you know yeah. so. and so um, that's how we get to teaching well Avi, i mean you had said you really maybe a little direct directionless at that point just in terms of what you wanted to do career-wise mm -hmm. um what were or what could you imagine some of the other options? What what, what were the other options for you? Well, like I mentioned, think? being a ranger, I was going to yep. be a ranger, right? Mm -hmm. And I had these ideas of moving us to some far far flung national park. I don't know, uh, but that didn't pan out. Uh, career wise, otherwise, I don't. I never got that far. I mean, I never really give much contemplation to. I remember being in high school and going to some dumb, um, you know, managing your future or. Or what do you want to be in the future? I was like mm -hmm. a sophomore, and I remember doing some like survey, and it, it unplugged that um, air traffic controller would be a good career. And I was like, all right, that sounds kind of cool, uh, but in, that never went anywhere. I mean, you know, um, I don't even know what you have to do to be an air traffic controller. But no, it, it, that's interesting to make me think of it. I never had any. I mean, I don't really go well with goals and like. Plans. I kind of like live in the moment, or I try to. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I never really thought that much about other careers. Interesting. So yeah. I kind of want to circle back. I like the whole idea of like being like the park ranger and stuff. Does mm -hmm. that make you, like? Are you really an outdoorsy sort of person? Like, are you hiking? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, stuff? I like to. I like to get out in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. Where, where's like the places you tend to go and like? I guess maybe like unplug would be a good way to think about it for just like the normal everyday. What do you mean unplugged? Like not be like in oh, a I building, like yeah, be out yeah. in the wilderness, you know? Yeah, well, when I was, um, my father was, was, was a, an outdoorsman. He was a hunter mm -hmm. primarily, and, and, and a, 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 he was a botanist in his later years. He was definitely an effect on me, I guess, as most people's fathers are. But um, he was into um, taking, he would take his classes on field trips. Mm -hmm. And in, in, in particular, one of his big things was he took a class to uh, the Grand Canyon. And so he took our family um, there as a kind of like um, warm up, you know, a, a scouting kind of mission. And uh, one of the in, indelible memories of, of, for me outdoorsy wise is my mom dropped me and my two sisters and my dad off at the north rim of the Grand Canyon, which is the more wild and less developed side and we hiked down and stayed the night at the bottom there's a there's a there's a ranch at the bottom called phantom ranch uh, and then we hiked back up the other side and out the to the south rim the next day and my mom picked us up and that was a very cool you know um i don't know experience mm -hmm. so are you still like a avid like camper and hiker yes now, yeah um i when my son was like two years old my father-in-law, my wife's dad, um, initiated this uh, family camping trip among just the men. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and my son, we did that for, I think, 12 years in a row every summer. So, yeah, I'd say so, camping. Uh, and I do have a few national parks under my belt through the years. That's awesome. So it's kind of a, kind of a, a not a goal really, but, um, you know, we always love to go to parks. Yeah. Hike, yeah. Any favorites? 
probably arches um, in Utah. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, I can show you pictures and there's, there, it, it's centerpiece is this thing called Delicate Arch. Mm -hmm. And it's set, it's really rugged. You have to hike to it. It's a pretty rigorous hike just to get there. And then you, if you want to go and stand under the arch, there's a drop off right underneath it. That is super like, if you slipped and fell, you'd be gone, right? And people have done it. Um, it was fun, it was awesome. That was kind of recent. Um, but the Grand Canyon is um, awesome also. Mm -hmm. um, so those two probably. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I, I know you through basketball mainly. We, mm -hmm. we play on a pretty weekly basis mm -hmm. at this point. Um, I think the whole school kind of recognizes you as a really good basketball player when we do the faculty games and we did the three-on-three -three recently. Yeah. Um, have you always been like an avid sports person? Like do you yeah. play multiple sports? Have you I, – I, I know you do like leagues and stuff still. Yeah. Um, but what were like some of the sports you played throughout your life? And, yeah. And what were oh, some I was always into sports. I was always good at sports. Um, and that was kind of my identity for a while. And it was in fact – well, that goes back to my father's influence also, who was, he was a, uh, in addition to the stuff I've already said, um, when I was little, he was a head football coach at a pretty giant school, so it was like the big kahuna. Um, he was act actually the papa bear, because they were the bears. Um, and you know, he was really into football, and he coached track also. Mm -hmm. uh, and apparently, he got a, a job offer to coach, to be an assistant coach at USC, University of Southern California, right. when I was like maybe four or five, and my sisters were a little older. And we were gonna, he was gonna supplant the family, move down to the LA area and be a football coach and rise through the ranks. And he decided ultimately not to do it and because he knew he, would, he wouldn't be able to be a good dad for his kids or whatever. But nevertheless, he definitely influenced me. And I was all, I was a big football star, I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And then I blew up my knee in my, um, junior year in high school playing football and that kind of put an end to those those football dreams but uh you know it recovered quickly and and everything but in uh, i i played um i always like to say football was definitely high stress and you know it was a big deal over there it was always like spotlight and i was a quarterback so i was like the 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 leader of the team or whatever uh, and then I played basketball, and I loved ba I've always loved basketball. In fact, I'll pause there and go, basketball was um, sixth grade, I think, middle school. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I'll try out for basketball. Um, I, I, I don't remember the circumstances, but I remember the shoes I was wearing. Um, and uh, the coach kind of threw a ball, and it bounced far, and I grabbed it, and... I, we made him, maybe we were in a drill, and he was mad that I shot it from so far away. Totally went in. It was like my first. I, I, I know it sounds cheesy because I'm known for, known for making three pointers or whatever, but it totally happened that way. Uh -huh. um, so I've always played basketball since then. But then uh, back to what I was saying, basketball was a little less pressure, more mm -hmm. fun for me than football. And then my third sport in the spring was golf, and I loved golf all my life, and. Um, had probably the most fun in sports playing golf 
maybe now it's basketball, but back then it was golf, and I was uh, I was I was pretty good in golf actually. So so Ron Gazinski has actually told me how good of a golf player you uh, are. Yeah, yeah. He, well, I that was again my father um, yeah. got me into the sport or the game, and I started when I was nine, and I I've been playing golf pretty much since I was nine. I didn't play. In, I played one memorable round of golf in Kenya actually, um, at a at a posh colonial country club that was bizarre and another story in itself but um uh i've all and then i stopped playing golf for a while in the 90s but i've been playing again and and love it a lot yeah so so sports a huge part of my life but that goes back to that decision to be an english person Mm -hmm. was to back off from that whole sports identity thing because i had some bitterness with injuries Mm. you know especially the one yeah and injuries changed the whole dynamic of how you view sports and the intensity level going into sports oh, too cuz like big time but uh when i lived in the, in san francisco in the 90s there was the sunday morning game hoops mm-hmm. game i'm talking about yeah. at a at a local park at a you know uh outside oh i loved that game yeah totally so i've always played basketball for exercise i was basically all through college mm-hmm. it was just go that's how i got my exercise yeah um and we would ball all day, basically. <laughs> um, but then I'd go play golf. So yeah, I don't know. You're like, when, when you're doing one thing, you can't be doing the other thing. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. it changes a lot. Um, so the other piece that you brought up before is your writing and books that you've been reading. Yes. Um, so. Do you, have you written books? Is that, is that what that you meant by that with your writing? Like, are you writing stories? Are you writing stuff like that? Or is it more like personal writing, like small yeah. pieces? I, I do know you do like a blog and stuff like that. Or I you've have, done it in the yeah, past. Yeah. I've never written a book. Uh-huh. I've uh, always, a, it's always been a goal, but it's never really super panned out. Um, and, uh, but I've always written, you know, that whole decision to become an English person. So I've always journaled and I've published um, articles and I've published short stories, but never a book. Um, and poetry. Okay. Um, actually, award-winning poet. Uh, I have a plaque over there. Um, so, you know, I, and, I, and I really love to share my writing with my students, and I think it makes me a better writing teacher, but um, uh, I love to write, and I wish I could write more. And It's a whole love-hate thing, because it takes so much effort and time, and mm-hmm. Um, you know, you love having, there's an old joke, um, I hate writing, but I love having written. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes with any endeavor, I guess. I hate exercising, but I love having exercised, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, but that was kind of you to say uh, about my reading. I've always loved, I've always had a book. I'm always reading, I got a book going. Usually two when I'm working, because I'm listening to one as I commute. Mm-hmm. And I have the book with me in the car, like, you know, and keep up with it. Um, like a favorite, not when I'm driving, but... Is that like a favorite author or a favorite genre that you go to? Oh, yeah, I have a favorite author. I mean, the Stephen King class kind of gives that away. Okay. But, yeah, Stephen King, absolutely, I've always labeled as a favorite. But I read widely, not in Stephen, not only Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I've always been tilted toward the fantasy, sci-fi, horror kind of genre. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I did. Yeah, so it's always been a big part of my life. Last year, was it last? Maybe last year or two years ago. It doesn't make a difference. I started like a big reading a new Stephen King book like every month. Mm-hmm. And I got through like 
three or four books and I was like these books were getting longer and longer but they were so good that like yeah. it's so hard to put them down once you get started on them well part of the the factor of becoming a, an English person again is just the realization I had when I read The Shining uh-huh. I think that was the first King book I read um, and how much fun it was yeah and I really try to Especially nowadays with all the internet and the, you know, distractions for students and for people. Yeah. I really try to, you know, let people notice that, um, that, uh, you know, you, there's, it's, there's still fun in between the pages of a book. You know, I mean, I remember this feeling like, holy God, how, how exciting this is, you know, to be part of this story. Have you heard of the Stephen King theory that uh, a lot of the books are all part of a connected sort of universe with each other yeah the dark tower universe yes but, which yeah. is that's why i started that uh reading them because i was like i gotta find out some more about this and like i read i read i was reading it and that's where it kind of like that one's taking me a while to kind of get through it's a pretty dense oh, yeah. book but i think it was pet cemetery where they reference dairy where oh, yeah. it is happening. oh yeah they're all interconnections yeah and it's partly king just having fun with yes. his own career and Easter egging himself kind of thing. <laughs> but it's also a big part of his kind of like overarching, I don't know, legacy yeah. or, or idea behind literature. Yeah. yeah. And and that's another thing why I love King. Yeah. You also started a, a book club uh, with the school, uh, with the culture club pretty that's recently right. as well. Uh, and... Is that one of the books that's like kind of you do that with your class? Or is that like more of a personal read with the books that you're bringing into that? Or is that more of a... You mean the book club idea or the book itself? Uh, well, you could be either, but I'm, I'm thinking the books that you're bringing into. But do you also do the book club with like outside of school? Is that something you do? Oh, no. Yeah. Um, well, my wife and I will read the same book once in a while and then have a book club. Uh, <laughs> we do that once in a while. We did that with a book called The Plot, uh-huh. a recent novel, which is awesome. Mm pretty fun book but no I've never been in an official book club my wife is always she's always got her clan of friends you know kind of typical book club kind of vibe but um, no the book club uh, this year at Rye High School was more of a kind of thing out of the culture club Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been a thing in the English department recently I guess the the school's trying to be more um, I don't know what's the delicate way to put it you know less kind of rigorous with Oh, I shouldn't say that. We'll probably have to omit that part. Um, <laughs> you know, less about like write a paper about this novel we just read, and more about you know having fun with a book, right? And yeah. and engendering that kind of vibe, which I'm all totally all for. I think we can keep that in. Um, I think that's no, no, yeah. yeah, I'm just kidding. But 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 we are doing it more. I um, I've done it more in my classes the last three or four years. I'm in, I'm in the midst of of a book club now mm-hmm. in my classes. So I guess that kind of carried through with what with the decision to have it be for faculty. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Jen Fall and I just came up with our next book. So what is it coming up? The new Colson Whitehead, uh, okay. the Harlem Shuffle. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that what it's called? I, I think that's know. what it's called. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Yeah. I have one more question I wanted to ask. So Joel, you keep saying this decision to become an English person yeah, yeah. and in talking about yourself as a younger man, as a kid, we're hearing a lot about, you know, times with your dad, with nature and sports and things like that. Um, was reading and writing not always a significant part of your life or is that something that kind of came on 
as you got a little bit older and you started getting away from your athletics and things like yeah, that? Yeah, kind of both. Um, my parents were both teachers, so the books were in the house for sure. Mm -hmm. And my older sisters are ve were very much bookworms and, and smart readers. Um, and I would always, I remember loving the kind of, they never called it that back then, but the YA novels of the day. Uh, there was this author named Jim Keelgard. I loved his books, like adventure stories for boys. Mm -hmm. So I was definitely a reader, and, and, and I excelled at, at English as a subject. Um, but but the other kind of endeavors overshadowed it, I'd say. So I, it was mm -hmm. more of a, let's get back to that kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I remember my sister, uh, my oldest sister, when I went off to Peace Corps, I mean, I've been a reader way before then, but she gave me... Uh, a bevy of books to read like because I you know knowing I'd spend a lot of time by myself which I did for sure um, and, and and I always respected her as a reader so mm -hmm. both my older sisters actually so they were influences also mm -hmm. both of them are teachers now too the te so teaching is in the family wow. yeah um, but yeah that was an interesting question so we only have a little bit of time left um, we'll finish off with just one last thing like any books recommending for any readers out there? Like, what are you currently reading? Actually, maybe... interesting. I'm currently reading the new Jonathan Franzen novel. He made a splash years ago with The Corrections. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've read, I loved his book, Freedom. But he just came out with a new book called Crossroads. That's what I'm reading. But interestingly, I covered a class yesterday or the day before. And Colin Mullally, is it? Senior? Yeah. Mullally? Mullally? Mullally. Get mixed up. Yeah. Asked me... That very question, or no, uh, what's the most awesome book you've read, Mr. Edminster, that's philosophical or like profound, maybe he said. And the two books I gave him were, and these books did change my life, the first one especially, was Skinny Legs and All by Tom Robbins. Huh. Tom Robbins right there. Uh, and that really opened my mind. That was in the early 90s when I read it, so I was already an English person, but um, I was really blown away by his different perspective and then um infinite jest i told the kid uh and you know a lot of modern readers know about it but even that a lot of kids don't know it i don't know about um you guys but david foster wallace's epic about modern america so those are two but i love king and i love being entertained mm -hmm. by my by my what i read so i put it you mentioned it it's one of my favorite books but yeah. big time yeah so i gotta get back into that one yeah but Joel, thank you for coming on. Um, My we, pleasure. We really appreciate it. It's, it's always good learning more about people in kind of a different way. And I guess like we mention it on every episode, it's yeah. like the goal is more so, so if someone listens to this, they can learn something about you um, in terms of something they would have never learned if they've never spoken to you before. Yeah, so no, we're well, hoping to build connection basically yeah. with people here. Well, kudos to you guys for, for the idea. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, trying something different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're getting paid for it. I don't know. No. <laughs> it's more for fun <laughs> right now. But, yeah. um, but uh, we're going to end it right there. Uh, thank you for your right. time today. This is Kevin and Anthony uh, with the Rye Cast, And have a good one.